Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. And man, there's nothing better than being an overcomer. The alternative is being overcome, <laughs> being defeated. And the Lord did not make us uh, less than conquerors, he made us more than conquerors. He made us overcomers. And the scripture said, the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. And thank God our faith, when it's fed and when it's exercised, it, it doesn't just stay stagnant. It, it, it begins to rise up. It begins to develop. It begins to increase. It's one of the most wonderful things because uh, people who are living in despondency and depression and despair, they don't realize it's not just because of their circumstances. It, it, because you don't just live out here, you live inside. You live in your consciousness. You live in your mind, in your heart. And so no matter what's going on out here, how bad it may be, it's up to you if you let it get in you. You can be in strong in faith, and if you know that God is with you and for you and never leave you, never fail you, and always causes you to triumph, then even though you're experiencing some tough stuff at the moment, you can be having some joy anticipating what's about to happen, <laughs> the victory, the deliverance, the miracle. So um, don't despair. Don't give up. Don't quit. Uh, give God an opportunity to help you with this. Get your Bible. Get something to make some notes with. Shut everything else off for the next few minutes. Come on to, into the classroom with us and let God feed into you strength. Father, all of us agree together as touching this. We ask you for the anointing, for the moving and manifesting and ministering of your your wonderful Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we yield ourselves to you, to him, to teach us, to help us, to strengthen us. Uh, we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you look in the great textbook, our Bible again, uh, to Luke chapter 6. For some weeks now, we've been on the subject of faith for healing. And uh, what we're doing is studying the 20 individual cases of healing that are recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We've studied the healing of the leper. We've studied the healing of Peter's wife's mother. We've studied the healing of the paralytic. We've studied the healing of the nobleman's son. And now number five, we're studying the, studying the healing of the man with the withered hand. And uh, we see it in Luke and in Mark and in Matthew. So let's start in Luke chapter 6 and verse 1. 
Luke 6, 1 says, It came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first that he went through the cornfields and his disciples plucked the ears of corn and did eat, rubbing them in their hands. And certain of the Pharisees said unto them, Why do you that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? And Jesus answering them said, Have you not read so much as this? What David did when himself was unhungered and they which were with him, how he went into the house of God and did take and eat the showbread and gave also to them that were, that were with him, which it is not lawful to eat, but for the priests alone. And he said to them that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. It came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. Now see, they're watching, uh, thinking that he's liable to uh, minister healing to somebody here. Uh, they actually were expecting the Lord to heal more than a lot of churchgoers today. <laughs> Can you see that? <laughs> but for a wrong reason. They wanted to make an issue out of it and say he had broken the Sabbath by ministering healing. Isn't that something? Uh, but he knew their thoughts. And he said to the man which had the withered hand, rise up and stand forth in the midst. Now, now when he did this, what do you think the scribes and Pharisees were saying to each other. He, he tells the man, stand up, come here. What, what do you think they're saying to each other? I told you, I told you. <laughs> well, we need to get hold of this. E even the Lord's adversaries were convinced. You put Jesus in the room, you put some sick people in the room, we're going to have healing today. <laughs> Do we, do we really believe that where two or three are gathered together in his name, he's there? Yes. Huh? Yes. Do we, in the midst of us? Well, if you got Jesus in the room and you got some sick people in the room, what should we expect? We should expect. I said we should expect. We should expect. If the Pharisees expected it, Christians should expect it, right? If these... Uh, Hypocritical doctors of the law expected it. Certainly. Word of faith people should expect it. Right? Christian people should expect it. So uh, he said, uh, stand up. Step out right here. And he got up and stood forth. And then Jesus, before he ministered to him, he turns to them. He says, I'll ask you one thing. Is it lawful? Now, why do you say lawful? He's using their word. Because that's, that's what they're trying to make an issue with him about. Is it lawful? Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy it? Now you'll find, we're going to spend some extra time on this because it is such a big issue. You will find what he's talking about here, not just in this healing, but in four others of the 20. And you'll find this just keep coming up over and over and over again. Why? 
Why was this such a big issue? And of course, we know most of the people that were healed, it wasn't recorded. So why was this specifically recorded? Because it answers so many questions that every generation deals with. You'll find when it comes to healing, healing by the power of God, maybe the biggest issue that people have to overcome in order to receive it is to settle the question of God's will. And you can say it's the will of God for you to be healed, but that doesn't mean people believe it. And most people grew up being taught something else, being taught the age of miracles is past, being taught that when the last apostle died, all that ceased, being taught, well, God could do it if he wills, but you just never know what God's going to do. And, and uh, so many times people, they have had decades of that, that their parents had and that their parents had. And it's really more of it ingrained into people than they think. And you can go to a word, faith, preaching church for 20 years and still have a lot of that stuff in you more than you think. And so why does this keep coming up? Because can you see what they're saying? They're saying no work on the Sabbath day. You're breaking the law. Well, is healing work? Uh, labor? What, what's, what's the issue here? Well, can you see they're implying healing of the body is a natural, uh, it's not holy, it's not spiritual, which is not true. I said it's not true. The truth is, these bodies are bought and paid for Amen. with a very high price. Yes. Is that right? Amen. These bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Is that spiritual? <laughs> is the price the Lord paid for it spiritual? It is spiritual. Do you think the Lord in His earthly ministry wasted a bunch of time Ministering healing to people when it's no big deal, when it was, you know, it's only natural, it's only physical. And see, the Sabbath is spiritual and it's holy. So don't be coming in here doing these mundane, physical things. That's people who don't know God. Because to God, healing is important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, how could you say otherwise? Because uh, even in the Old Testament, God revealed himself to his first covenant people as Jehovah Rapha. I am. One of those great eternal I am statements. You remember when Moses was at the bush and he, burning bush, and he said, Who will I say he sent me? He said, You tell them, I am. And in my mind, it's I am dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you am. Yeah, you, you am what? He am too much to say <laughs> in one phrase. But he is the eternally 
existent, self-existent one. What do you mean? He, he doesn't owe his existence to anything else. He's not dependent on anyone else. He gives to all life and breath and all things. And so he revealed himself uh, in numerous places, several places, uh, with this I am prefix. I am uh, the Lord your shepherd. I am the Lord Jehovah Sidkenu. I'm the Lord your righteousness. Uh, ver- you know, the Lord who's present. He, he says, I'm the Lord your healer. Well, that's a forever statement. He, he never wasn't, and he never will cease to be. Amen. He am. <laughs> he is, right? The Lord who healed you. Well, if healing was, you know, didn't mean anything because of these temporary physical uh, bodies, he wouldn't say that. He wouldn't do that. Physical healing would not be included in part of the work of redemption, and yet Jesus went to the whipping post. Did he have to go to the whipping post to go to the cross? No. That's not the same thing. He could have gone to the cross without being beaten at the whipping post. The Bible tells us why. It says that by his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. Well, then that must mean that the body is important to God and the well-being of the body is important to God. And the body has been included in what Jesus purchased. Hallelujah. Your body and my body. Put, put, put your hand on it. This body. Now this is, this is. I'm about to say a big statement here. This right here. Is an eternal part. Of the body of Christ. Now I can hear people saying. No, no brother Keith. No, no. I don't even like this one. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting rid of this one. And I'm getting a new body. Yes and no. Your new body will be this body glorified. Y'all with me, class? Study the scriptures. You'll see what I'm talking about. This body is an eternal part of the body of Christ. How many understand Jesus has been raised from the dead physically? You remember that? After he raised from the dead, he appeared to his disciples and they were shocked <laughs> and thought they were seeing a ghost, the scripture said. <laughs> they, they knew he had died and yet they were, they were really uh, uh, sh- you know, amazed and he said, touch me. A spirit doesn't have flesh and bone. He didn't say flesh and blood. The blood's on the mercy seat. Flesh and bone like you see me have. So they could touch and feel his body just like you can touch and feel yours. Why? His body was raised from the dead, glorified. Hallelujah. In fact, we're told that the marks from the cross are there. You know, 
Thomas said, unless I see him and put my finger in the hole and my hand in the side, I won't believe. And when Jesus saw him, he said, give me your hand. Put it right here. And, and apparently there's a hole in his hand still. Well, it's a, it's a mark of honor. Hallelujah. Not that it couldn't be repaired, but it's a mark of honor. Hallelujah. He did that for us and we'll always be able to see it. Hallelujah right there. But if the body means nothing, is only temporary, and the physical means nothing, you wouldn't see all of this. And yet, we're told that our bodies are going to be changed just like His glorified, glorious body. Why talk about that if you're talking about healing, Brother Keith? Because the Scripture also teaches us that we now have the first fruits or the earnest of our inheritance. And if you read Romans and other places, he's talking about the resurrection in part of this. The full inheritance is a resurrected, glorified body that cannot age, that cannot die. Somebody say, glory to God. We don't have that yet. It's been bought and paid for. We, we're not experiencing, we haven't received the fullness of that yet. But the Bible says we have, the, we have right now the earnest or the first fruits of our inheritance. What is that? If the spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in you, he will also quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah. What, what is that? It's healing. It's strength. It's a, it's a little taste of resurrection. <laughs> you get enough of it, it'll change your body <laughs> from mortal to immortal. Ooh, glory to God. That means no, no longer subject to weakness or decay or death. But for now, we don't have that yet. We have, though, the quickening of the Spirit to restore us, to help us, to heal us, to sustain us through this brief earthly life so we can render uh, service for the Master. You understand, if you're so weak you can't get out of bed, if your body is so deformed and destroyed and diseased that you can't do anything, how can you accomplish your ministry in the earth? How can you do? See, this is a trick of the enemy. These, the, the two areas you want to feed your faith in on a regular basis, healing and provision. I said healing and provision. You, you want to feed your faith on this ongoing. And it's fine if you want to emphasize healing for a while and then emphasize provision for a while. I know I had the privilege of uh, working in Brother Kenneth Hagin's healing school for a number of years. And so because of that, I was feeding on healing every day. I mean, morning, noon, and night. I'd, I'd teach a lot of times two sessions during the day. And so what do you think I'm doing in the nighttime? And before I go to bed, I'm thinking about healing for the next day. And so I'm teaching healing in the morning. Then what am I going to do that afternoon? Healing. So it, it really was healing in the morning, healing at noontime, healing when the sun went down. 
I did this for years. And so after uh, years of that, the Lord's pointed out something to me one day. Phyllis and I had been struggling financially and materially. And, um, you know, we weren't starving or anything, but we just tight all the time and even behind. And this was just going on and on, you know, month after month and year after year. And, and, and I knew enough about the Word to know that's not the will of God. That's, that's not right. And one day the Lord pointed out to me, He said, uh, uh, you fed on healing a lot. And he said, have you been doing I thought, well, man, I hadn't had a sniffle in years. I mean, and then it hit me. I need to feed on provision. Can you see that? It hit me. My faith had gotten strong over here in healing, but man, I was weak as could be in this this other area. And thank God he began to show me and help me. I began to feed on that, and we got stronger, and we got better, and we got out of that and continue to move forward. But... uh, the reason you, you must feed is lest you get weak. What you fed on two years ago uh, is not going to keep you strong for the rest of your existence. You've got to feed on it again. Luke 6, keep reading. He, he knew their thoughts in verse 8. He said to the man, rise, stand forth. He stood forth. I'll ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or do evil, to save life or destroy it? So they're saying healing is bad on the Sabbath day. It's bad to heal. It's unlawful. And he's bringing up to them, is it good for people to be sick, stay sick, die? Or is it good to live, good to heal? Do you know the scripture said in in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, he went about doing good. Everybody say doing good, doing good. Doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Everybody say doing good and healing. (laughs) Is healing doing good? Oh, you know healing is good. You know healing is good. You don't have to question that. You don't have to wrestle with that. It's kind of like the, uh, the guy said, you know, I've, I've been poor and I've been rich. Rich is better. Well, I've been sick and I've been healed. Healed is better. No, don't you think, well, you just never know. You know, it could be better to be sick. No, no way, no how. And people say, well, you know, I... I, I learned some things and then and I got back to God when I was sick and under it. Well, if that's what it took for you to get back to God, you know, that just means you were hard-headed. <laughs> and anything you learned being sick, you could have learned more comfortably. <laughs> being healed. Come here. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> don't no, I'm glad you got back to God. But don't give the glory to sickness. Sickness is a work of the enemy. If you opened up yourself to some things that you shouldn't have had, don't glorify that. Glorify the God who delivered you. Not the problem, but the answer. Keep reading. He, said, he looked around and he, he said, stretch forth your hand. He did so. The hand was restored, whole as the other. They were filled with madness and communed one with another 
what they might do with Jesus. Go back to Mark, please, the, the second chapter. Mark chapter 2 and verse 23. It came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day. His disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said to him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath that which is not lawful? So they saw Jesus and his crusade team, if you will, come walking through the fields. And it must have been, you know, close to harvest time. And reaching and getting handfuls of grain and uh, eating it. And so they made an issue out of it. They approached them and they brought it up and took them to task about it. You are breaking the law out here in this field. And he said to them, have you never read, like I said previously, <laughs> these were people who counted themselves to know the law completely. They're supposed to know it forwards and backwards and every nuance and detail. And when he says, uh, maybe you've never read <laughs> in the law. <laughs> Have you ever read? Now, the reason I, say, I keep saying this, he would ask you the same thing. Uh, in so many instances, if you would say, Lord, what about this? He would say, Have you not read? In my word. And uh, get this in your mind now. Apparently the Lord expects us to know what is written. Does he or not? Can you say, why would he say, have you not read? Have you not read? Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Have you not read? One of the greatest weaknesses and vulnerable, vulnerabilities of the body of Christ and individual believers is this gross ignorance of the Word of God. You, you can't be okay not knowing any of the Word. You'll be so easily fooled, so easily deceived. Your faith will be so weak. Your spirit will be so weak. You cannot be a strong, overcoming believer without being full of the Word. Hallelujah. So if you've been remiss, if you've been negligent, get you a Bible and put your nose in it. Now you don't, You're not going to get all of it overnight, but just start getting bites of it. Start feeding on it like we do it at the churches. You read a chapter. A chapter takes what, 10 minutes? 15 minutes out of your 24-hour day, feed on it. And over the days and the, the weeks and months and years, you keep doing that year after year after year. You keep going to good services and good churches and faith school. What will happen? You'll know it's written. Hallelujah. And if the Lord asks you, have you read that? You'll go, yeah, I read it. I read it. <laughs> and our time's up again today. Sit out loud with me. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Be sure and come back. Join us again tomorrow. We'll see you soon.
right here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.